Welcome to the book study. I'm your host and instructional coach Erica Warren and I'm excited to learn together as we dissect some hot topics in education. Each season of the book study we go chapter by chapter through a book analyzing the author's perspective, the ideas pushed forward, and how these ideas operate in classrooms and schools. In this episode we dive into chapter 5 of A Search for Common Ground by Drs. Frederick Hess and Pedro Nogueira. In Chapter 5, Hess and Nogueira dig into testing and accountability, and I actually agreed with a lot that was said in this chapter. Where I disagreed might be a bit of a nitpick, but I want to hold off on that for now. I actually want to talk about the experience of testing as a teacher and as a student in my own building. I teach 7th grade math in a suburban school. For the last three years, the district has provided all math teachers with weekly formative assessments. These are five question, primarily multiple choice questions that are supposed to align with the required pacing guide for math. Now, as someone who acknowledges the positive effect regular formative assessment had on my own teaching and student learning, I find this version of formative assessment downright egregious. See, once I started learning about assessment, I became a better creator and user of assessment data. And I think my ability to create and use formative assessments in meaningful ways is the key. The district's imposition of weekly assessments does absolutely nothing to improve the teacher's ability to do what I did, which is create and interpret assessments. And in fact, giving these pre-made mandated assessments now actually takes time away from teachers to do meaningful formative assessments. In practice, teachers have not gotten any better at adjusting their instruction when data says that students didn't learn, in part because the data isn't entirely valid because it's the test, um, because the test was not created based on what happened in my class that week. What we see instead is that teachers simply reteach the tested content using the exact same method, language, presentation that they did the first time. It just doesn't result in improved learning or teaching. As I said, the tests often don't align with the instruction that was provided in class. The curriculum materials provided by the district don't match the questions on the test, and the kids lose a full day of instruction in every class every week to take a test that teachers find meaningless. Even if best practice is to align my teaching to the assessment, which is what we are told to do, the problem is the expectation of mastery of a new skill every single week is ridiculous. The tests do not assess whether students learn the introductory level of the skill. No, each assessment skips right to the most rigorous types of questions that could be required of the skill. Learning new things takes time. It is entirely unrealistic to expect or hold even the best teacher to high levels of mastery on brand new skills every single week. And yet, this is what these assessments do. In fact, in five weeks of school, I've had to reteach and reassess all five assessments. The heart of the research on formative assessment is that teachers need to be more skilled in creating and using assessment results to drive instruction. They need to have a wider range of practice to pull from to reteach, and they need to understand their own content more deeply. These mandatory assessments have improved none of these things. I think the same thing is true about state tests. 
The problem, that we the problem is that we focus so heavily on the results and do little to actually support teachers' assessment literacy, instructional abilities, or pedagogical content knowledge. I think the sum total here is that ultimately, as Hess points out, we, have done, we haven't done anything to actually affect change. So we test year after year and get the same results, continuing to blame external factors that are outside the influence of the school. I loved Hess's analogy to the pediatric visit in this chapter. That is what assessment should look like. And when assessment does look like that, the research says it works. But those skills must be taught to teachers, not imposed on them. Now, where I disagree with both authors is that they consistently refer to assessments as measuring student learning, and I take issue with this. I don't believe standardized tests do this very well. I think standardized scores can be, useful, can be a useful tool at the school level, but the timing, design, and reporting of these assessments has not proven useful for driving instructional change at the school level. It hasn't helped at, this, um, at the student level either. But at the student level, what I tend to see is kids being tracked into remedial programs where they stay for the rest of their K-12 careers. Because once again, we have done nothing to improve instruction. So remedial instruction is just a louder and slower version of the same thing that failed to get them to understand the first time. Assessment, as we use it, does not support improvement. And at the end of the day, if something isn't working, it must change. And that is something the authors and I agree on. That's all for today. Next week, we will dive into chapter six on social and emotional learning. In the meantime, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Join the online Twitter conversation at The Book Study, um, and you can find me on Twitter at Mrs. Erica Reads. See y'all next week.